Hey everyone, this is Chris, the host of the Spectacular South Pacific Air podcast. This is rather an unusual episode, as due to some technical difficulties, we had to chop the episode in half in order to get the second half of the episode covering Spectacular Spider-Man 149 edited correctly. So what you're going to hear at the beginning of this entire uh, two-part episode is the Spectacular Annual Number 8 coverage with me and Zach, the head of the Spider-Dude radio network. And then in about a week, you will get the carry-on episode 149. So when the episode ends, it's just abruptly cuts to the song is because of the uh, technical malfunctions that we were having with the original audio, getting it fixed up so we could post it here on the Spidey Do Radio Network uh, from its original source, which was on the Dorking Network. So please sit back and enjoy at least our coverage of Spectacular Spider-Man Annual Number 8, part of the Evolutionary War Marvel crossover. Chris has an awesome guest joining him for the Clone Saga Chronicles. Uh, actually, that's Zach's show uh, on the Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Basima era podcast. Chris, how's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. You have an awesome guest with you. Yes, we have Zach. Uh, uh, Zach from the Clone Saga Chronicles. He came on Radio Horror uh, a couple of years ago uh, in a lost episode, which did broadcast. But unfortunately, um, I, uh, I I wasn't able to find until just recently when a the station computer, which had a lot of old episodes of Radio Horror, uh, got lost. But he was able to re uh, uh, in take out like the hard drive, and we finally found Zach's actually old episode. But Zach came on to talk about horrors of Spider Man, which there are quite a lot of them uh, <laughs> one of which we might be covering tonight <laughs> if you know anything about spider-man's body horror history <laughs> <laughs> yes no it's 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 so, so good chris is chris and i like i said back in the day when i did that on on his show i was really like sad that he that it got lost to the ether i had a lot of fun so right to- but you broadcast, we just couldn't find it until just recently. So it will get cleaned up and edited for anything that's like out of context and old and, and uh, finally stuck online uh, somewhere. Sweet. Yes. I am so excited. <laughs> I am so excited. It's been a couple weeks since we've done the uh, the show. We last left off with the Inferno storyline. But prior to that, uh, in small cameo appearances, uh, the Gwen Stacy clone had returned. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do if uh, if I can't get Jerry Conway on, who's responsible responsible for all these clone saga shenanigans that son of a bitch i'll get i'll get the next best person i'll get zach (laughs) (laughs) oh man oh god how do how do i how do i how do i like explain to the to the those that don't know i how i became a clone saga apologist but to be fair my very first comic was spectacular spider-man number 223 drawn by sal buscema unfortunately it was inked by bill sinkevich and when you get there i am so sorry we're not (laughs) this show will end with the clone saga beginning and then i'll just be like so you want to know what happens next zach's got an entire podcast of years (laughs) with the shows i swear to god i said we are going to end this show with the clone saga beginning so it basically with peter and the and and ben being like you you and then that's it no more spectacular spider-man podcast Uh, listen uh, i understand trust me i understand uh, Do you know so, what this podcast will become? I threatened Leo with this. What's that? We're going to become a, a super sexy comic book podcast covering Terrell Witch of the Black Rose. 
Listen, I know a guy that actually did a podcast like in 2009 era. I yes, that so. that show got never that that show. I listened to that podcast too, and that show unfortunately just stopped. You know what I mean? There was a Terror Witch of the Black Rose podcast, and it just ended. They even asked Jim and Holly about it because they've been on Radio Park a couple times. They're like, right. we didn't know there was a podcast about tarot, and they listened to it. And they're like, that wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Lottie, hi Lottie from the UK. We've been getting a lot of people from the UK lately. It's been great. What time is it in the UK right now? Oh, it's gonna be like after midnight. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Upset. It's twelve twelve forty twelve forty two because it's six hours six hours ahead of me. Right, so. right, definitely, definitely. Well, why don't we jump right into it? Uh, because there's a Star Wars themed show coming on after this. Uh, Zach, <laughs> yes. uh, will you have the plot synopsis for the spectacular Spider-Man High Evolution? Uh, sorry, I keep calling it the High Evolutionary War. It's the Evolutionary War. Uh, yes. Spider-Man Annual Number Eight. Not to yes. be confused with the Alf Annual. <laughs> you yeah. remember Alf had an annual crossover with the Evolutionary War? Yes, yes. That and it was it was put in the Marvel uh, Universe Handbook, and it that it was in canon. That that particular issue was in canon. So yes. I mentioned it because Leo has Alf sitting right behind him to his left. Yeah. Right. right <laughs> that, that, right. That's that's original from, uh, what was it, like the 80s? Was Alf yeah. in the 80s? Yeah. You know, those aren't really hard to find. If, you, if you're if if you you lucky, you can easily find one of those on eBay pretty yeah. cheap. Yeah, I saw I had a con and had to uh, pick it up. I also have the Burger King little puppets uh, you have yes. as well. Yeah. Uh, you can watch all of Alf Everyone on Tubi right now for free. Nice. <laughs> nice. And, and, and I have to acknowledge, yes, I happen to be here on may the 4th so you know i'm like oh yeah yeah and what is is star wars and marvel have in common now again (laughs) yes yes ron Ron friends used to draw the uh artist of amazing spider-man during the black costume saga used to draw the uh star wars book all right let's get into the annual all right so i'm going to really briefly like do just a bullet point thing about the annual and like what this means briefly going through the clone saga so Miles Warren's first appearance was Amazing Spider-Man number 31 as the professor as prof, as a professor at ESU. His first appearance as the Jackal was in uh but we didn't know this yet was in uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 129 which is notable because that is the Punisher's first appearance. Right, uh, the Jackal hired the Punisher to kill Spider-Man because he wanted to bang Gwen Stacy and he couldn't. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Spoilers. Uh, Jackal's return would not be he wouldn't return until the final splash page of Amazing Spider-Man number 130. Uh, during this whole few, first few issues, Peter thinks he's losing it because he's fighting Mysterio, which was a, uh, the second Mysterio, because the first Mysterio was presumed dead for the first time. Uh, Peter ends up going to Paris for an adventure, returns home to find Gwen in the apartment. And now, in the in during the adventure with the uh, before that, May Aunt May saw Gwen and had like a stroke, basically. One of her many. Thank God, writers today have not written, not made that terribly anymore. Thank, thank you, thank you, J. Michael Straginski, because that's, that's not the- right. Not since, um, I mean, not counting her getting shot by the Kingpin's assassin in the back in, in the uh, Civil War storyline, but, but not I- since, uh, not since she came back from the dead or was never really killed to begin with, um, has she had a medical issue? You know, and as somebody that's whose first issue was two weeks after Amazing Spider-Man 400 after she died, no wonder I don't like Aunt May. Um, so. Uh, Peter doesn't react well. He he basically is like thinks again. He's he thought he was losing it beforehand, but now he's just he's mad. Uh, Ned leads goes and helps him. Tells him this is Gwen, who happens to have the exact same fingerprints as the dead Gwen. They check the they check the grave. Her her body's still in the grave. So there's two Gwens running around. 
Jackal shows up eventually and reveals himself to be Mild Professor Warren himself. The Battle of Shea Stadium occurs. This is the first te- canonical appearance of Ben Riley. Samples were given to Warren by Gwen and Peter for a class project. Anthony Serbra was killed after he created the he accidentally creates the original clones per Warren's direction because they cloned a frog successfully. And then he's like, well, here, you know, these are these are of a rat. And he's like, dude, they're human. And then he's like, no, I'm just going to choke you out and kill you. Uh, but in his brain, it wasn't Miles that killed Anthony Serba. It was the Jackal. His mind broke. So uh, <clears throat> Anthony, of course, I'm not going to talk. I don't I don't want to talk about the retcon until later. There was a retcon that Dan Slott wrote uh, recently, but it's wrong. So um, in my head canon, I just consider it wrong. Warren is presumed dead at this point because the, in the at the end of the Battle of Shea Stadium, uh, he ends up having a, a moment of clarity and a moment of sanity ends up saving Ned Leeds, who was trapped, uh, was convinced by the Gwen clone because reasons. And so this all occurred. Uh, a- ASM 149 was actually the end of Jerry Conway's amazing Spider-Man run. Uh, cover date of October n- 1975, but the actual release date, because cover dates and release dates are always different, uh, was actually on July 8th of 1975. So then we cut to briefly the first Carrion. Uh, his first appearance was a, a Peter Parker's spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, cover dated of ni- December of 1978. Uh, so there's the two issues of uh, after that with the Mass Marauder story, and it kind of bleeds into issue 28, where he begins his assault on Peter's life. Ha- occurs over three issues is the Carrion Saga, where he claims to be the first clone of Miles Warren. This is the cover date, uh, cover dated uh, June 1979, released on March 27th of that year. So then we get to Annual 8. Now, I do want to note for listeners of this podcast that Annual 8 was actually released on July 8th of 1988. The cover date was only for the year of 1988 and would have been cover dated November of 80. What? I didn't say anything. Oh. Uh, cover dated November of 88 and was released one week after spect- uh, Spectacular 143 and three weeks before 144. So that's when it was released, although it takes place shortly before 149. So it, even though it, it's weird on, on when it was released, obviously the Evolutionary War was an 11 part story. They- the first time that Marvel had done a crossover amongst the annuals. Yes, Atlantis Attacks was the following year in 89. So this was the first time that they experimented with doing one big story over uh, over the annuals. So it, but it was it wasn't just contained to Spider-Man. It was contained to X-Factor, The Punisher, Silver Surfer, New Mutants, Fantastic Four, X-Men, West Coast Avengers, and then Amazing Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man and Spectacular Spider-Man. So there was the Clone Saga that originally caused all this, starting with technically um, Amazing Spider-Man number 129, where the Jackal hires a hitman called The Punisher to kill Spider-Man because he's like, Spider-Man killed Norman Osborn and Gwen Stacy. You should kill him. He's a criminal. Oh, okay, sure. And then the is like, wait a minute. Did I just get hired for a job by a guy in a goblin costume that's like jumping around like a little midget? Gee, I'm the Punisher and like this Vietnam War veteran former cop. I should know that something doesn't seem right with me. <laughs> by the way, the Punisher is the stupidest fucking character in the comic books that he couldn't do his own research to go, Spider-Man saves a lot of people, but he supposedly killed like this rich billionaire and this blonde chick but i'm hired <laughs> to kill spider-man by a guy in a goblin costume calling himself the jackal even though a jackal doesn't look like a green short midget yes 
Yeah, see, you're the he, dumbest fucking character, Frank Castle. No wonder your your okay. family was wiped out in, in front of you. In, in defense of Frank, <laughs> in defense of Frank, let's just say that it was the seventies, and and like this was also being written by a twenty-two-year-old Jerry Conway. Okay, let's right. be real. I will take it out on Jerry Conway if he ever comes on the show. But respect, we end all like his, like all right, Jerry. Let, let's 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 break down the punishment. A little bit in the beginning. Okay, let's go back to Spider-Man Annual because we don't want to get too segued off. Yes, yes. So now we get to there. Um, okay, so if you want to read this, you can always get the original Clone Saga trade. Uh, it is available on Amazon, but I think it's out of print right now. So uh, just so everybody knows, you can get this. You can also read this on Marvel Unlimited if you have that. Or if you like to do classic uh, stuff, uh, you can read a lot of the Clone Genesis, the original Clone Saga and the Clone Genesis trade from the 1990s. So... Uh, but that this issue is not in that Clone Genesis trade. They only just have the 90s stuff. Right. Uh, they, yeah. And besides, they could really just cut out all the Evolutionary War crap and just keep in, like, the <laughs> part. So I, I, I don't know this for sure. I hadn't had a chance to research it fully. But I think this is Mark Bagley's first Spider-Man work was on, on this annual. So Spectacular yeah. Annual, um, like I mentioned before, was released July 8th of 88. Uh, the main story is called Return to Sender. We open with uh, Peter interacting with a cat. <laughs> And uh, then he gets blast. Then the cat jumps away, and he gets blasted. So they, these two goons, are hunting somebody, and <laughs> it turns out the girl that they're hunting is the Gwen clone. Because at the end of the original Clone Saga, after everything was said and done, the Gwen clone was allowed to exit stage left. Basically, she was allowed to vanish in the ether. And I'll explain a little bit why that that original story happened because it relates to why this issue even exists uh so of course gwen um she's she's kind of confused she's trying to look for peter peter's trying to deal with these two crazy guys and they end up vanishing so peter swings and takes off that leads us to the first of a couple of different interludes because the interludes basically have everything to do with the evolutionary war so we so if you've never heard of the High Evolutionary, congratulations. You're you're a blessed person because the High Evolutionary is basically this guy that uh, was a, he's an Avengers villain that wanted to help with with humanity and wants to help them evolve. And there's a whole big long explanation. I I, I also want to point out that this is part ten of part eleven of the Evolutionary War. So needless to say, he's trying to replicate the human race. We then cut to Peter. Back in his apartment, going through going through one of his uh, drawers and <laughs> finding a book. And Mary Jane has showed up, and she's at this point. They P, at this point, Peter and Mary Jane are married, despite what Joe Casada might want you to think. So Mary Jane is Peter's like got the book open, and he she goes, "You looks like you've seen a ghost." And sure enough, he has the photo album of of Gwen and Peter, and he's kind of reminiscing and. So Peter is very torn up about seeing the Gwen clone. Like he thought he had addressed his feelings, but then we cut to the other interlude, which is all about the evolutionary war. Basically high evolutionary comes and recruits a bunch of kids. That's the end of the interlude. <laughs> like I, I'm speeding through that. Cause that's really superfluous. Uh, so Mary Jane, she's a little upset. Like she, she kind of always compared herself to Gwen. And so he's like, and Peter's like, dude, I I'm in love with you. I'm married to you. You're the one I love. Well, then the doorbell rings. 
Peter is dressed in his robe. He's got his Spider-Man costume on. Gwen leaps into his arms and sees the spider symbol on his chest because he's still got the Spider-Man costume. And she freaks out. Now, a little bit of context. Before Gwen Stacy, despite what despite what Dan Slott and J. Michael Straczynski might think and try to tell you, Gwen was terrified of Spider-Man. Also, he was, she was bitterly angry at Spider-Man for the death of her father, for obvious reasons. So Peter, of course, after she after Gwen freaks out, he take he puts on his costume and swings off into the night. She ends up running in front of a truck. Peter sway, saves her and was like, dude, we need to talk. And he's like, Captain Stacy died saving a kid from a falling building. He didn't cause it. Basically, the only cause that he had was that he fired some specialized webbing on Doc Ock's tentacles who hit over, who hit half of a chimney on a kid. That's exactly what happened. But he's trying to explain this when, of course, he gets zapped and Gwen Stacy's being kidnapped by this giant mecha. Peter then jumps to the mecha just as he's about to take off when he shows up at this giant science place where Gwen is in the clutches of the mecha. Peter is freaking out and all of a sudden uh, evolutionary's goons are, are going to attack him. And then she is put in um, into this big giant piece of machinery because because Herbert, that's the name of high evolutionary, wants to study her. So Peter is fighting. When all of a sudden these kids show up, out, these new gods show up out of, out of nowhere, they're they're fighting alongside because they've seen, uh, Daydreamer has seen this battle and seen these people and she's trying to prevent it from st- stopping. So High Evolutionary is not interested in this. Meanwhile, Peter is fighting the Gwen versus b- being real or a memory. So he's trying to save Gwen. Looks like High Evolutionary is starting to get to get the upper hand when uh, Peter kind of joins the fray and starts starts fighting. Herbert is still anal- looking at the analysis. He doesn't look happy. He looks angry. Uh, so the fight continues with the new gods. And eventually uh, Daydreamer attacks one of the other minions of uh, High Evolutionary, the Mecha. You know, still fighting with Peter Parker. We're kind of intersplicing back and forth between this and the overall New God story. Meanwhile, Peter finally gets uh, the Young Gods. The new the New Gods are DC Comics. Oh yeah, yeah, my bad. Young Gods. <laughs> I, keep, I keep calling them New Gods because I keep confusing them. Thank you for correcting me, Chris. So the Young Gods, they're they're getting the upper hand. Peter finally gets the upper hand on the on the Mecca, and then he he saves Gwen. So Peter's spire sense go, starts going off, and he's like, "You're not the Gwen I knew." I'm in love with someone else because he's trying to say, you know, he doesn't want to say Mary Jane, even though he's around a bunch of people that wouldn't care about a secret identity. So, right. By the way, do you also notice Carter kind of looks like, um, uh, speaking of DC, Carter reminds me of um, Jericho of Teen Titans. Yes, very much so. <laughs> so I don't even know who Carter is. I don't know who any of these young characters are. They all just, uh, let's just face it. The, the, we're, we're, if you think the Eternals coming out is going to be the most obscure thing Marvel's put on the big screen, if they ever did the Young Gods, that would be the next. <laughs> yes. Or What's going to happen is they'll show up at the end of the Eternals movie. Uh, so needless to say, High Note sends everybody home, including the Gwen, uh, except for Peter and, and Gwen. So the High Evolutionary shows up and he starts explaining the reality of the situation. His gatherers learned of the her, ex- and I'm quoting here, his gatherers learned of her existence and origin from the cre- files of her creator, Professor Miles Warren. And so he was asking himself the question of how could a mere university biology professor accomplish a technical miracle such as the nearly instantaneous cloning, which is a good question, but it's comics. So that's that's the answer to the question. But anyway, so this is what uh, is revealed to have happened. He kidnapped a poor young other college student, injected her with a virus that would would transform her on the cellular level 
making her think, and through hypnosis made her think that she was actually Gwen Stacy. So Gwen's starting to ask questions, and then Herbert, because Herbert's a jerk, he decides to just, you know, whisk him off. So Daydreamer, or Dreamweaver, excuse me, not Daydreamer, Dreamweaver uh, shows back up and kind of restores her mind, and that's really the end of the issue. Um, and Peter shows up to Mary Jane, says Gwen's gone, she's been gone for a long time, but that he loved her more than he ever loved uh, Gwen, and so that is the end of the issue. So right, and, that, and that's also a great little uh, uh, little piece that, that again, who's the writer of this issue? This one was this one was Jerry Conway. Jerry Wait, Conway. Jerry Conway. Didn't yeah. he write the one where basically after he after he dumps Ben's supposedly dead body into the smokestack and like throws the papers away of uh, of Kurt Connors, which became like one of the biggest plot lines of the Clone Saga. Of, like he never looked at the papers. He could have been the clone. He goes yes. back to the apartment where Mary Jane's waiting for him after the debacle with the Gwen clone, and she's like. Tiger, is everything okay? And he's like, let me show you how everything's okay. And we believe that moment when he shuts the door is the moment him and MJ have sex for the first time. Yes. And also, MJ is Peter's first. Yes. (laughs) Because it's revealed by Jerry Michael Szczynski later on that him and Gwen never had sex. Right. But they decided to get busy with Norman Osborn. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why do you got to bring that up? (laughs) Because it's still Uh, in continuity, damn it. (laughs) uh, Yeah. That's one of those things I'm hoping that Nick Spencer fixes. Because he's been doing a lot of that lately. He's been uh, fixing everybody else's messes. 